Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Powerful Youth Perspective, a STAR podcast, which stands for Stand Together Against Racism. My name is Maddie, and I'm your host. And on today's episode, I'm speaking with Olivia, another Youth Volunteer Corps or YVC student. And that's where I met Olivia. Uh, She is a co-founder of Stand Together Against Racism and just um, an amazing young woman of color in general. Uh, She speaks about what it's like to be of mixed race, um, how she uses her voice for good, and just about finding out who she is all along the way. We had lots of fun uh, recording this episode, so I hope you enjoy as much as we did. Thanks for listening. So I'm sitting down with Olivia tonight. So we're so excited to have you here. Thank you. (laughs) And my first question for you is just to introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell us about yourself and how you became involved with STAR or Stand Together Against Racism. Okay. Um, Hi, my name is Olivia. I am from Reading. I'm in eighth grade. Um, And I became involved with STAR because when everything was happening with George Floyd and people started protesting, it was, I wanted to do something to help, but I didn't know what I could do to help. Cause I was like, I think it was like 12. So I had no idea what I could do to help. And then Miss Christie emailed me and she was like, Hey, do you want to join this up? Op- I have this opportunity for you. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I just really wanted to make a difference, but I just felt hopeless because I didn't know how I can make a difference as a 12 year old. That, feeling during that time of just I mean we were isolated uh, during the height of COVID and virtual school and all that so being young did that play a role in how you felt during this time like I'm young what can I do I'm nobody's gonna listen yeah I think it played into me feeling kind of hopeless because I was like who's who's going to listen to me? And I was actually like researching things. I was like, how can I help? How can I, what can I do? And most of the things that came up were like, oh, you can start conversations. But I'm like, I'm like 12, who's going to listen to me? So um, I think I was just very like confused on how do I actually combat this issue? Because it's so big while I'm not like, I'm not able to vote. I'm not able to, um, at the time I wasn't able to protest. I wasn't really able to do like larger scale things. So it made me feel very Mm -hmm. small. So why do you think that, I mean, you're, how old are you now? You're 13? 14. You're 14. Wow. (laughs) Um, You may not know the answer to this and that's okay. If it's kind of a, out there question but why do you think adults don't maybe always listen why do you feel like that I feel like that sometimes that they're not listening um and we have wonderful adults that work with us with star and youth volunteer core but sometimes other adults don't listen because they think we're just kids we're unexperienced why do you think they think that um I think really it's that they I think just a bunch of people even people our age, um, sometimes we'll have friends that are a little older than us and they're like, wow, I'm older than you. So like, (laughs) I'm a little smarter. I'm a little, I'm a little better because I'm older. And I think everybody kind of has that mindset a little bit. 
and I think adults especially um, maybe see themselves as more educated or kind of entitled to have an opinion more than children because we're not most of the time we're not as educated and we don't have as much experience um so i think a lot of people just overlook um the opinions or just the education of children in general so yeah but you definitely overcame that um challenge and are using used and are using your voice to speak up about issues like racism and injustice that I know you you care about how did you overcome that challenge how did you put yourself out there I think um it was really the star group um because we learned a lot of leadership skills and also the community that we had with standing together against racism it was very, um, I say like accepting. We are very, almost like a family. So we all felt that we had time to talk and we all kind of were as important as each other. Um, so I think that definitely played a role and definitely just learning a lot of leadership skills and getting more education. The more education I got, the more confident I felt to be able to talk about it because I knew that even if somebody was like, well, you're just a child, I could be like, well, these are facts. I mean, look it up, honestly. <laughs> look it up. Like, That's right. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's just really gave, like, stand together against racism in general has really gave me confidence to be like, okay, even though I'm nervous, even though it's scary, I can just, I just got to do it. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely scary. I know if, if there's a situation that I know I need to use my voice and speak up and stand up for what's right. Even still, we've been working with Star for, you know, two years now. And even still, my heart starts to beat a little bit. My hands get a little Uh, shaky. And I just have to remember that, you know, like we have been educated about important issues and we know how to lead powerful discussions and we do have the power to use our voices. So I feel you on that. And Star played a big role in that, that confidence, definitely. Um, so we touched on you being one of our youngest members. You're also a young woman of color and those two factors, like we said, play a role in it being a little bit hard to, or maybe a little bit nerve wracking to always use your voice. Um, what motivates you to stand up? Like why in the first place did you say I need to use my voice? I think um, something that definitely motivated me was just seeing, um, having role models, seeing people like me, people of color, um, stand up and say, like, I'm taking a stand for this. Even people like my mother, she really inspires me um, to be like, well, I have a voice. I'm going to use it. And it doesn't matter where I come from. Everybody has a voice and they're all entitled to use it under, I mean, under the law, we're all entitled to use it. Um, yeah. Awesome. I love that answer. That's your mom. Your mom's a role model. That's super sweet. I would say my mom is my role model too. Um, uh, so I guess that kind of leads into our next question, talking about, you know, your background and your family pushing you and helping you use that voice. Um, so I know that you're mixed race, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely something unique about you. And 
we have talked about that at star and celebrate it um with all of our we we're a diverse group you know all of our different backgrounds do you ever feel like that's not celebrated anywhere like outside of star yeah definitely um yeah um I think in school is definitely not celebrated enough um I do go to a very mixed school but I think a lot of people kind of because I'm mixed, I'm not fully anything. So it's like, oh, you're kind of here. You're like fake Dominican. You're not, you're not a real Dominican. You're like, you're kind of, you're half and half. Like, I think people definitely treat you differently when they realize like you weren't um, culturally raised the same. You don't have the exact same experiences. So like, oh, you're, you're a little too white for us. You're a little, you're a little too ghetto. You're a little too this, you're a little too that. Um, So yeah, I think definitely school and my dance studio a little bit because um it is predominantly white which is I have no problem with but um I think a lot of people just don't understand my experiences um actually had a few experiences there where it's like you know you're a little too ghetto for us or like I'm scared to go to my home city because oh it's ghetto and I'm scared to get shot there and it's just I think a lot of people just don't understand kind of my background so yeah, it's not always celebrated. Maybe you are the only representation from Reading or the only Dominican representation, say, in your dance studio or something. That doesn't necessarily make it, you know, your responsibility to educate those people. You shouldn't have to be the one that's like, well, here's all about Reading. It's not as bad as you think it is, you know? Yeah. But do you ever feel like that, that you have to hold that on your back, I guess, and carry that weight yeah definitely definitely because um I think when I see a problem I have a very like fixer mindset I'm like I see a problem I want to either fix it or I'm gonna help fix it Mm -hmm. so I think I definitely just have the mindset of like okay well if they don't know I'm gonna educate them that's not a bad mindset to have it shouldn't have to be your job all the time you know maybe that education should come from school. Do you feel like that education comes at all at, at school at all? Um, from my experience, no. Yeah. Um, a lot of people um, that I've experienced or talked to don't really know the difference between like Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, or like Mexicans. So it's definitely not being taught in their schools. Yeah. And as diverse as my school is, it's not being taught in our schools either our history, um, I think history class itself can be very biased. Um, We tell American history, but I think black history is a part of American history, yet we only learn black history for a few days of Black History Month, or we don't learn about Hispanic history. Um, We really don't learn, we don't learn about anything, any other cultures. We learn about what happened in America, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I agree. I, I go to a, a different school than you, but that is definitely similar that I'm like, well, wait, what about these people you briefly mentioned for like one lesson? But like, where are they from? What's happening now? Like fill in the gaps a little bit, because I think there's a lot of gaps. And maybe if we talked about it more, learned about it more, meaning like other cultures, there wouldn't be that misunderstanding and stuff that like 
happens, like you said, in your dance studio. Um, going back to, like you saying, you're to this, you're to that. Um, <laughs> or you said it better than I did, but um, <laughs> how, does that, how does that make you feel? Could you maybe try and share with listeners a little bit about what that feels like? Yeah, um, I think it feels very belittling. It feels like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I have to be a certain version of myself um, around certain people, around certain groups of people, certain cultures of people. Um, and I think that's why a lot of mixed people end up like code switching and changing their voice, changing the tone, changing the way they act around certain people, because we're not always accepted by everyone because we're not, we don't fit into the groups. We're kind of yeah. just like in the middle. Okay. So, yeah, but it feels very, like, it feels like, well, you're a little too much. Oh, well, you're not enough. You, you can't hang out with this kid, these groups, but the other groups also don't want to hang out with you. So it's like, well, where do I fit? How have you handled that or overcome that? Have you been able to like, I mean, you're in, you're still in middle school, right? Yeah. So, I mean, finding your place in middle school is hard enough. Um, so how have you dealt with that? I think um, the way I've tried to deal with it is just I'm going to try to be myself around everyone. And if certain people don't like it, certain people don't like it. Um, I think I kind of, I since I'm like, I fit differently everywhere, I kind of like merge everything together. I'm like, okay, well, we all have something in common. It doesn't have to be, you know, that. I'm Dominican or I'm black or I'm white. Um, We can just have something in common like music or um, dance or art. We can have something in common and we can just build a relationship off of that. Um, Though race and culture is important to me, I don't think it should determine the people you're around. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great answer. So thank you for sharing. When did that part of your kind of experience with race being like meaning like having to fit a certain standard or people looking at you a certain way when did that kind of start like when did was there a certain time where you realized like oh these people don't see me the same I think there was multiple moments where this clicked yeah I think definitely when I was like this sounds very young but definitely when I was in like kindergarten I I grew up with um my white family so like I understood that I was different than them, but I did not understand why. So I think that was definitely something I was like, I think my, somebody had mentioned race in a conversation. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm black. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. I did not even know that I was Dominican at the time. So it was <laughs> funny because I'm like, I'm not exactly like them. Like I don't look like them. I don't have the same experiences as them. My hair is very different than theirs, yeah. but I don't understand why. So I think that was something like growing up, I just had to kind of like, think about I was like why am I like why am I different than them like I don't understand why I'm different but I know I am meaning um, like your family them being yeah. like your family yeah so that's something like I've never had to like I, I look just like my mom like people tell me all the time like oh <laughs> yeah. like you guys could be twins like I've always looked like my family so we have in common you know I was like oh wow you're all blonde that's so cute <laughs> like so <laughs> that's just I've never had to, to think about that. And that's a really different perspective than mine. Uh, go yeah. ahead. Keep going. <laughs> I interrupt. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, 
and then I think definitely just um, probably some experiences at my dance school. I'm making this sound really bad. I love my dance school. <laughs> but um, being kind of so different and raised so differently than most of the people I'm around, it, there's just moments where it's like, oh, hmm. okay. You don't really, you don't understand. Like um, I was in a class once and one of my like older friends, she's like, we're all talking about our school, like, you know, the like icebreakers type questions. Yeah. Oh, we know, <laughs> we know, we know. Those <laughs> <laughs> awkward little get to know you. Um, and we're talking about the schools, where we're from, things like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm from Reading. I go to Reading Middle School. I love it there. And she's like, oh, you're from Reading? Like, I'm scared to go to Reading. Like, I'm scared to get shot there. <laughs> it's so ghetto. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, what do you even say what do you what do you even say to that like just the it's just misunderstanding like how how do you even respond is that something that you have the urge to be like well no and you you know hold your your pride for your city or is that something that kind of makes you like you said feel belittled like Um I think I just froze. I was very shocked that she said that because I had, like, me growing up and running, I never saw a gun. I've never experienced a shooting. I was like, I just kind of froze. <laughs> he, like, shook my head. It just, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Um, it's only the icebreaker. We don't have to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not going there right now. I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think just sometimes people, like, tell me, oh, like, well, you don't sound black. You don't sound Dominican. You you don't act mm. black. You act too white. You talk too white. You're, and then on the opposite end, they're like, you're too ghetto. You're too Dominican. You're, you're mm. like, you talk too loud. I'm just like, <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it makes you laugh. laugh. Like you're, you're cracking yes. up. That it makes you laugh. Yeah, like that you have that you should be a certain way. That they expect you, just because of the way you look, they expect you to talk a certain way or. They expect you to fit what they think you should be rather than I'm just Olivia. Mm-hmm. I is think that kind really- of is that kind of right? Yeah, it's okay. very right. I think that's <laughs> just due to people's microaggressions, mm-hmm. um, to be honest, and just stereotypes that they have heard or seen. Because like there's not a way to talk black. There's not a way to talk white. But we can think of some a way a black person talks versus the way a white person talks or a way a Dominican person talks. Yet those things, they aren't actually real. They're just mm-hmm. stereotypes and microaggressions that people have. So honestly, I just stopped taking it personally. I'm like, you know, um, that's due to wrong thinking that society yeah. actually like pushes on us. I guess again, I'm just curious. Um, do you, you've kind of stopped letting it get to you? Or do you push back a little bit? Um, honestly, I think most of the time I just let it go. Okay. And after the experience, I like I slowly just like educate a little bit or give yeah. a little bit of my culture and give some understanding. Um, but at the moment, I think it's very like you have those moments where you just freeze and you're like, well, how do I respond to that? For sure. And then it just allows you to be who you are, you know, and you don't have to feed into what 
um, people want you to be or think you should be. And that's just the most important part, Olivia, that you are you. (laughs) Yeah. Olivia is just the best, and we love having her on our star team. She's so full of uh, joy and light, and I hope you picked up on that and got to know her a little bit. Um, And I hope you learned something as well. For me, Olivia reminded me how important it is to learn from people with different uh, backgrounds or different experiences than mine uh, as an ally. It's crucial that we talk to people with different experiences um, and learn and ask questions to be able to best work alongside people of color for equality. Uh, Whether that was what you learned, it was something different. Um, I hope you took something away and we'll carry that with you. Before we close out today, we want to make the reminder that Youth Volunteer Corps and Voice Up Berks um, would like to share that pediatricians recommend the COVID-19 vaccine as the best way to protect against the virus and other variants in kids. Speak with your doctor and learn more at pa.gov COVID. That's pa.gov COVID. And last but not least, until our next episode, you can follow us on Instagram at yvc.star. Check out our website. That's yvc-star.org. There you'll find our projects, um, more about who we are and also what we have coming forward in the future. Um, And stay up to date because we have lots more coming soon. Thanks so much.